0: Before we dive into today's episode, I want to introduce you to The Cobble Group, which is our sponsor here at the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast. You know, one of the most frustrating parts of being a commercial real estate investor can be finding and leasing your next deal. And that's exactly why you need a brokerage partner like The Cobble Group. The Cobble Group is a commercial real estate brokerage based in Tennessee, helping buyers, sellers, and landlords navigate the world of buying, selling, and leasing commercial properties. Whether you're interested in office, retail, industrial, or some specialty type of commercial, The Cobble Group has you covered. While the firm largely focuses within the state of Tennessee, they've worked on projects from new construction development in Kentucky all the way to single-tenant net lease investments in Texas and can likely help you with your next investment project. Check out their website at thecobblegroup.com That's T-H-E-C-A-U-B-L-E group.com or reach out directly to the office by email at office at thecobblegroup.com Now, let's get into today's show. This week's episode originally aired on our YouTube channel, which you can just find by searching for my name, Tyler Cobble, on YouTube. So if any references don't quite make sense, feel free to check out the show notes for a link to the original video. Here we go. The worst part about getting tattoos is not even <laughs> its not even getting the actual tattoo. It's being covered in aquaphor for a week after you get it done. It's absolutely miserable. We're back for another round of the story of the deal, this time with a hotel that we just closed called Salt Ranch on Dickerson Pike. Something I've been working on for two years. Can't wait to tell you guys about it. So about three years ago, I moved my commercial real estate brokerage over to East Nashville and started very heavily focusing on this side of town. About one year into that, I saw the potential on the Dickerson Pike Corridor. There's two major corridors running through East Nashville. You've got, I guess from your perspective, Gallatin running north and south here and Dickerson running north and south here. Now Gallatin is a little bit more built up. It's where Five Points is, which is kind of the downtown of East Nashville. You've got a lot of really cool restaurants, bars, amazing retail concepts over there. It's already kind of made it. Dickerson Pike, on the other hand, was actually the major highway, north and south, leaving Nashville going all the way to Chicago before 1965 when the interstate was built. When it was built, caused this side of town to kind of go down, people stopped driving down the street because they didn't have to anymore and so it kind of fell into disrepair. Well, because of its proximity and the fact that East Nashville is growing significantly, Dickerson Pike is taking off. So about two years ago, we decided to start focusing on this side of town, which is about the same time when I found the Congress Inn. It's a two and a half acre, 50 key hotel that sits at the lighted intersection of Dickerson Pike and Hart Lane, which, I mean, if you're looking at the connectivity, let's cue the maps of Nashville. Looking at the connectivity of East Nashville, And specifically this site, you can go all the way down Hart Lane to hit Ellington, you can go just north to hit I-65, go north and south, you can go south, hit East Trinity Lane. I mean, just the the connectivity is relatively unparalleled, which is one of the things that I find the most fascinating about the Dickerson Pike Corridor. While this piece being so large and sitting at a lighted intersection, even though there are car lots and vacant block buildings around it, I knew that this was a very strategic location. So I started working on it back then. Again, two years ago, I've been working on this property. Sometimes you just gotta keep with it, right? You gotta persevere, persevere. I like that. <laughs> had, had idea. Had, had idea. New merch coming out. Persevere. We, uh, I, I mean, I guess when the pandemic hit, we started looking at even more properties and. Started talking to the owners of Congress in again, and they were finally ready to sell um, Over the years we had kind of gone back and forth over different price points. They wanted 3.5 Originally, I think and then they wanted 3.2 and I originally offered 2.6 million and then came up to 2.8 million We couldn't get a deal done, but this time it was a hey million gets the deal done. Let's do it. Back before this year, I couldn't justify the $3 million price point because when I was looking at the site, y'all know me and, and what I tend to do, these micro unit projects. I was looking at it for micro office space or micro apartments or micro retail, creating some other kind of, you know, cool commercial hub because I didn't have any hotel experience. Well, Lo and behold, Jordan Five falls out of the sky, uh, gets connected to me through a good buddy of mine, Jamie Pfeffer, who's an architect here in Nashville. And Jordan had consulted on a couple of other boutique hotels in Nashville. He actually had the number one hotel on the Condé Nash Travelers list four years in a row uh, with Horizon and Palm Springs. He also did the Sparrow Lodge and a number of other just outstanding boutique hotels. Well, because of COVID, he wanted to get out of California. So he moves to Nashville and we decided to partner up and start finding hotels. Well, perfect timing. I've been looking at a hotel for two years and I can't figure out what to do with it. And that was how we ended up justifying the $3 million price point. We're not gonna have to spend as much to get the building retrofitted and up to to spec, I guess, for what we need to use it for. And Jordan knows how to operate a hotel. So it just, the stars aligned, it was perfect, couldn't have asked for anything better in in that scenario, really. So, yeah, thank you. I was noticing that, I was like, yeah. So anyway, we put the building under contract, we start putting our plans together. Jordan had this concept called Salt Ranch, which was kind of a rustic country vibe that just landed well with me. Because one thing that I feel Nashville has been missing in its boutique hotel scene is an authentically Nashville boutique hotel. A lot of the boutique hotels in town, most of them are downtown, right? So they're catering more to those Broadway tourists, which there's nothing wrong with that, but that's their their demographic. And so, you know, they slap a guitar on the wall and call it Nashville. And to me, that's just not what Nashville is about. That's not the Nashville that I grew up with. Yes, we've always had country music, But that's not like what the city is. It's it's this cool, relatively modern southern city based around southern hospitality, which is really cool. So, we're going for more of this rustic country, authentic Nashville feel. We're gonna have a couple of bars on site. We're bringing back the pool. I mean, the site is just outstanding. Uh, We're really excited for what we've got going on there. But anyway, put it under contract, start doing our due diligence, putting all the models together, and we start underwriting it, and we start to realize, wow, we've actually got something pretty special here, because after digging into the average cost per night of the other hotels in the area, of comparable hotels, we can deliver our product this is also part of my model, right? We come in, we deliver something better than what's on market at a cheaper price than what's on market. So there's a comparable hotel along the Dickerson Pike corridor that's renting for over $300 a night. And we've specced ours to be $225 a night, which is clearly a deal. And we're gonna have this massive pool. We're gonna have this world-class restaurant, a couple of bars, horse trough soaking tub. It's gonna be this whole experience. The greatest thing about this project is that it is a campus. There are not very many boutique hotels in. Nashville that are not vertical most of them go up because they're downtown right but this one sits on two and a half acres so there's actually room for a courtyard and patios and a wedding and event stage and a horseshoe court so it's it's really cool what we're able to kind of create there less than 10 minutes from downtown you're gonna feel like you're on a resort or at a retreat which is exactly what we're going for So we start inspecting the property, right? And you have to go through every single room. Start going through all the rooms. Well, the original building was built in the 1800s. I mean, it is old. We expect the foundation reports, the engineering reports to come back with a lot of suggestions on how to fix the property but they gave us the green light. I mean, it was just as good of a report as you could have gotten for a PCA, which is a property conditions assessment. And so that to us was worth celebrating again, because now that means that we get to keep this original structure in the middle of the property. Uh, The the hotels around, uh, the hotel rooms around were built in the 50s give or take uh, back when the hotel was called Maple Manor and they were also in really good condition because they're block and brick buildings. I mean, they're very, very solid. Okay. So while we're going through the due diligence portion, of course we're putting together our offering memorandum. We're having all these webinars because we take this out to our investor group, right? The owner calls us and says, Hey, I'm not going to be able to close uh, next week uh, because I'm going to be out of town. Can we move it back a couple of weeks? Well, that was actually perfect for us because, we hadn't finalized our capital raise and while we were close to it and we probably would have finalized it within the next week or two, we got delayed because we had so much due diligence to do because we haven't done a hospitality project before. This was the first time I had done a hotel, not the first time that Jordan had done a hotel, which is obviously why we had had him on board. Bruce and I have experience in real estate and Jordan is the operations guy. So, uh, that, could not have worked out better as well. It seems like there's all, I mean, in every point of this deal, there's like stars aligning, making everything perfect. The week before the new closing, somebody drives their car through one of the buildings. And I don't know if you've ever had that happen a week before closing, but it's kind of a problem because you can't really close when one of the buildings has been driven through. I <laughs> you yeah, I hate when that Yeah, <laughs> I hate when that happens. So now we're having to get involved with insurance, the sellers are having to repair this, we're delaying closing this and that. And it always seems like the week of closing, like the four weeks prior, everything's smooth sailing. Nothing's really going on, it's calm, quiet, everybody's cool and collected. The week of closing, Everybody's rushing around trying to get things figured out, trying to get investors to get their capital in, trying to get the bank lined up to fund, which that's another fun part that I'm going to tell you guys about. We were set to close on Thursday and we lost our funding on Wednesday, not always um not not ever a good situation to be in but uh, i always have a backup so we were fine but that is a good lesson for y'all is always have a plan b because you never know what's going to happen i mean what what happened to us i would not have expected essentially uh, the lender was from out of state and they were requiring some documentation that makes sense in their state but doesn't make sense in the state of tennessee because it's not really a part of the requirements and so we'd gone through the whole lending process we've been approved they they were ready to fund, it would not fund without this document. And our attorneys were going, well, we can't provide that because it's not actually legal in the state of Tennessee for us to sign off on that. It's just, it's not part of the law here. So the lender said, well, we're not moving forward on the deal without it. And so the the night before closing, uh, we got our lending pulled. So I had to reschedule closing for the following week so that I could bring our second lender in, get everything lined up and finalized with them, which was perfect. We probably should have gone with them the first time and everything got wrapped up well. So, of course, it comes to (laughs) Julian's like, it always seems to happen. There's always always something going wrong with the wire, which is always true. Don't use big banks uh, when you're doing these wires. I highly recommend having a good local relationship. We use a big bank because my partner is down in Texas, right? And so when you have a partner that's in another state, it's very easy to use a big bank because everybody can access it. You can go to local branches and whatever. But when it comes to customer service or systems or operations, I'm telling you, those big national banks are the worst you could possibly ever work with. I go to wire the money so that we can close. Well, uh, I am on the account but they didn't set it up properly. So they can see that I'm on the account, but they don't have a copy of my signature line. So because of that, I'm not allowed to wire the money because it's over the wiring cutoff, which I don't know what their specific wire cutoff is, but we're wiring seven figures, right? Of course you would expect it to be pushed up because you don't want to just wire seven figures off into the digital realm and never see it again. So I I of course appreciate the (laughs) the checks and balances that they have. However, since they don't have my signature, I can't wire it. Well, it's about to be past the wire cutoff, so we're not able to wire out the money that day. My partners have to go in the following morning and wire off the money. and we get held up again. I didn't know this, but apparently since everything's going crazy in the world right now, insurance companies are taking longer than they typically do to get quotes back. Anyway, typically we engage our insurance agents about a week before closing. Now I'm gonna have to do two weeks before closing at a minimum, but they are not able to provide the certificate of insurance that the lender needs to fund. So we have funded, the lender has not funded, the sellers have closed on their end, we're trying to close on our end, all we're waiting on is a certificate of insurance. We've paid the fee, to get the insurance. Our broker has already had all the conversations he's needed to have. He's just waiting on the actual carrier to issue the certificate of insurance. Well, of course, we don't get it until later that night, so we have to move closing again to the following day. And that is the story of how closings almost never happen on the day that they're scheduled to happen on. So just be prepared for that to happen. Also, uh, very much appreciate the sellers working with us, because two very crazy scenarios happen that have never happened to us before. And they were patient with us through the whole time. I mean, they knew that we had funded. It wasn't like we were trying to get out of the deal by any means. We were ready to roll forward. They are actually investors. They reinvested with us because they love the concept that we're doing. But uh, yeah, that's Salt Ranch. So again, it's a, a 50 key hotel on Dickerson Pike. We bought it for about $3 million, which if you look into comps in the area is about the cost of land, like it's barely above the cost of the land. So we got a great deal on it. We're going to spend about twice that renovating the property. It is going to be completely different. Uh, like I said, we're working on some restaurant concepts right now. Very excited about what that's going to be. And honestly, one of the most exciting parts about this project, uh, other than the fact that it's in my neighborhood and on my favorite corridor in the city of Nashville, We've got another development going on across the street. My office building is right up the street and then the brokerage uh, has, so the cobble group, my commercial real estate brokerage has 13 acres under contract with a group out of Carolina set to close in November for 300 plus apartment units. There's 147 apartment units already under construction just north of us. And then just to the west, our actual neighbors, there's 81 cottages that were developed in 2017. So we have this whole ecosystem, this neighborhood, all these neighbors that have nothing to walk to that by the time we deliver this restaurant and these bars, it'll be the perfect local neighborhood hangout spot. Uh, to me, that's one of the most important parts of this project. We are maintaining as much of the existing site as is possible and being from Nashville, selfishly I want to preserve and celebrate the city for what it was and what it is and what it will be. And I think that conscientious development is the best way to do that. So there you have it for the story of the deal on Salt Ranch. Obviously it is not over yet. We have just begun. You will be seeing far more videos on this as we continue to do the project. If you're interested in checking out the first story of the deal on the absolute first property that I ever bought to figure out how I pulled that off because I had no money at the time, check that video out.